This is loudspeaker. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Caller Radio Spotlight. I am Chris Lanfear. In 2019, our guest today, Sarah Christine, was comfortable. She'd been with the same employer for 13 years and had been making music as a side hustle, releasing albums in 2017 and 2018, respectively, with a nationwide tour set up to happen in 2020. As we all know, 2020 and the coronavirus had other plans for so many of us, including Sarah. The cushy office job became a bit of a nightmare. She was faced with the prospect of either choosing to quit or staying and having to fire large numbers of her staff. Her planned let-go tour was postponed as the virus raged across the U.S. and the world. So who knew how things would line up? Facing an uncertain future, the safe choice would have been to keep her job and hunker down. Instead, Sarah Christine bet on herself and left the company so she could focus full-time on music. Sarah has a new single called Vices, a duet with Boulder's Taylor Tuke, coming out tomorrow, February 12th. But you'll hear Vices first exclusively a little bit later on Color Radio. Sarah Christine proves that by believing in yourself and not taking no for an answer, we are all capable of so much more than we think we are and that we are truly in it together. Her DIY attitude, her spirit, and her soulful voice are some of the many reasons we selected Sarah Christine as our artist of the month for February. Sarah, welcome to Caller Radio. How are you doing? What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. Man, I feel like I should uh, pop some champagne after that intro. Holy. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I wish we were together. I know. I know. That's That's been the whole thing of the pandemic, right? Is like so many people you want to see and, and get together with and, you know, hug in reality and just can't do it right now. And it's kind of awful. Speaking of that, like, you know, we all kind of have our stories about how the pandemic affected us and turned our lives upside down. But yours is kind of unique. Can you tell us a little bit about how the coronavirus affected you and how you've been spending your time since then? Yeah, I mean, uh, the coronavirus was definitely, you know, it's funny because when it first started, um, I was definitely one of the people that was like a little bit of a pessimist. I was like, okay, is this, is this just like a media hype for like a two week, like ordeal? Yeah. And I was, um, you know, here I was like so stoked to have, I had 52 shows, um, nationwide that I had spent a lot of time setting up myself that I was really, really looking forward to. Like I got a van to do it. Like I had the whole thing set, like just stoked, you know, to be like going after my dreams full time. And then, um, you know, the, the two weeks starts passing. And I remember, um, uh, a guy I was working with, he, he called me up and he was like, Hey, so the first stop in the tour, you know, that you have set up is Boulder and, uh, you know, Boulder's happening, but it looks like Denver could be iffy. And then from Denver, we had like Seattle, then Portland. And then I was supposed to be in, um, California for almost nine weeks, then to hit the Midwest and then going out East. And he's like, okay, so let's, you know, let's see how Denver plays out. So then the next day we get a call, you know, Denver's out. And he's like, okay, keep the hope, keep the hope. You know, if Seattle calls, then we're in trouble. (laughs) And in (laughs) like dominoes start falling, right? Yeah. Then like 15 minutes, Seattle called, postpone, Portland, postpone. And then, you know, hotel cafe, postpone, you know, whatever. But I mean, like a lot of people I think could be like, 
And we all are, all of us, I think us musicians are all like bummed, of course, that like that continues to be the case. But I think like focusing on what we can control, you know, making good music, collaborating with good people. And then, um, you know, looking towards hopefully like the fall and like when we can get all that back. And I think people are craving, you know, going to be craving music more than ever. And hopefully we have, you know, what would have been, a, uh, I think, a hell of a freaking tour before um, for an up and coming independent gal like me, um, hopefully will be tenfold come the fall. And that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but in the meantime, um, I'm living in Aspen, Colorado right now. And uh, we have a friend that um, she has a clinic here and um, she received the grant for the COVID-19 uh, stuff in the Roaring Fork Valley. And so she's really been gracious and like, you know, having us help out with that. And so we're helping out with the community by helping out with COVID testing, actually, um, while, you know, in the meantime, while doing music and stuff. So I feel really good about giving back in the time of like, you know, where everybody's struggling, people are sick, people are dying. There's bigger things than tours and doing our part there, but then also focusing on keeping music, my full-time gig, you know? So mm -hmm. long answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I mean, we talked about it in the intro, but if you could kind of expand a little bit on like, you were kind of set right at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. you, you had your job, you had all of that stuff going and then all of that changed. Can you kind of take us through what happened there? Yeah. Like, um, I think like, yeah, like not, no, not, like I would say like, you know, like 90% of us independent artists have to have a full-time job to afford to make music. It's expensive, you know? And so for a long time, um, I juggled a corporate career. I was, um, my last role was, um, I was a, a regional vice president for a fortune 500 company and then juggled music on top of that. And it was a blessing. It, it afforded me a, you know, the ability to do music too, I think in, in the right way, like not a rushed way. And I think there was two things like, you know, throughout my whole career doing music, it was, there was always like people saying, go for it, go for it, go for it. Why aren't you going for it? Like, you know, go for it. Because like we would have good turnouts and we would, we'd had, we have all the things that like people would say, go and jump for it. But like, to be honest, it just like never really felt in my soul, like it was the right time. And I was really trying to like follow my intuition with that. And I also did love my corporate job. Like I did love the people I worked with and I felt a sense of responsibility of like helping them carry on their career through hopefully like uh, my leadership and, uh, you know, us as a team together. And then, um, it was so weird. It was like, you know, COVID happened and I had been working on this tour and it was like prior to COVID, like, you know, several months before all of these shows ended up lining up and it was like, okay, now I can't do my corporate job, you know? So like, I've got to make a real decision here. Like, mm -hmm do I give up like this corporate fast track ladder and six figures and stability and all of this stuff I worked my ass off for, for a, to follow my dreams and for a shot and to maybe make nothing, you know? Um, or do I stay with what's just like, do I stay with what's comfortable? And that's okay for a lot of people that do that. But like, so I had that choice. And then 
at the same time COVID hits, right? And it was like all of these different conversations started happening around um, corporate layoffs and reduction of staff and um, title changes. And Were you worried? Um, no, I wasn't worried. It was more about like what would happen. Like I think in corporate, you just always have to be like adaptable, you know, mm-hmm. like do I need to go back to Minnesota? Do I need to take on something else? Are they, you know, whatever, you know? Um, but what hit me was when um, I started looking at, like all of these conversations that I was having around, like how many people we were going to have to have these discussions with. And, you know, long story short, I ended up having a discussion of my own where I, I, my boss was amazing. Karen, it, Paula Castro, by the way, if you ever go into corporate work for Robert Half and work for Karen, Paula Castro, she's amazing. Um, it's a tough job and it's a tough company um, because it's a, it's a grind, but she's a hell of a leader. And, you know, she talked with me and, and, and I said, like, Karen, you know, I, I want to do music full time. I've got all this lined up. COVID's happening. What if I say I'm going and what could that do to hopefully help other people keep some of their jobs? And it was awesome. Actually, a really awesome moment and a weird like you would think it'd be like this, like, you know, we'd be so mad or whatever about what was happening. And, but we actually both cried to each other over the phone because we loved each other so much, you know? Uh And, uh, she was just like, you're, that's a hell of a move. And, um, and you know, the employees I worked with, like they deserved it. And, you know, I felt like I deserved to go follow my dreams too. So it was like this defining moment. And the crazy thing is if like you believe in God at all or not, or like defend like anything, like, a higher power. It happened on like Good Friday for me. And like, <laughs> so that was like a weird thing too, where I was like, my finally, my soul was like, it's time. And like, I knew, like I knew. And I haven't looked back since. And everyone I worked with has been so supportive. Like people have found new jobs, you know, like the world is figuring itself out and here we are. But, um, yeah, so that was the whole corporate thing. Were you expecting a like a like a four hour interview? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so like I'm in a therapy session. Where's my right? wine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, our fifty minutes is up. We just you know we have to go. <laughs> but uh, you know we'll see same time next week. Um, so. You're you're kind of staring into the abyss, right? Like things are kind of weird. You're in this kind of awkward position and you kind of say, you know what, maybe this is the universe telling me that I just need to do this. Um, right. Which I find to be amazing because it, my perspective, you know, it's like, I, you know, we run this, this station, but you know, we all have day jobs. Like you said, we, as artists, we have yeah. to. And, uh, yeah. my, my reaction to it was I'm staying put. I'm not looking for anything else. I'm not even going to yeah. try to, <laughs> I'm just going to kind of ride this wave because that's where I was yeah. at. But I mean, I, I hadn't been looking to move myself, but still like, right. it's a kind of contrast in outlooks where you're kind of yeah. saying like, I don't really know what's on the other side of this, but I want to go find out. Right. Well, yeah. And I think like you said, like you just have to be. Like you can't just, if you're like an independent artist right now, unless you're like the 1%, like you're like Beyonce or like Taylor Swift or like, you know, like those guys, right? Like 
I mean, you've got to have like what I found during this time, which has been really like educational is that what I learned through business was that like, you always have to diversify. And like, so if like you are just looking to like, quote unquote, like make it as a musician by writing music and like playing shows as an, in, like you said, DYI, like that's really hard, right? Like that's not happening right now, you know? Right. And like one thing that's really helping me is like this, um, this thing that I've been doing forever, which is like custom wedding songs and custom love songs and stuff where I work privately with couples or friends or whoever, um, and learn about their story and through their words, like I, I tell them I'm like kind of like their funnel for like their ideas. And I just bring the song to life for their story. And I'm doing that. Like in my mind, that's like my side hustle right now, you know, until like things keep up and, but like you said, like, I mean, most people can't afford to do it right now. It's really, really tough time, you know, hence the song vices coming out. Right. <laughs> it's right. not a happy song. <laughs> well, and, and so you, you know, you decided to, I mean, you told corporate America to like stick it. I mean, you were polite, but you were like, <laughs> I'm going to go do this. And then not only that, you made a song, you created this song called the choice, which kind of celebrates <laughs> that whole experience. Um, tell yeah. us about the choice. So the choice was, I, I wrote it literally like a few days after I knew um, I was going to leave. And I, I just, you know, like it was like the beginning of what you were anticipating now to be like a really sad time. And like, I felt a responsibility to um, whether or not that's taken the right way, right? I'm going to quit my job. Yeah, yeah, is literally the theme. Of that song, right. right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of people that can't quit their job and say, yeah, yeah, during the pandemic. But I felt this sense of responsibility of like, there needs to be someone that's creating an anthem for people to take risks. And And if you did lose your job or if you feel like quitting or whatever, like, like almost like let that like manifest that to empower you versus like letting that like be this like doom over you, this like dark cloud, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of sad music right now. And Vice is coming out is a sad song, sort of. Um, but choices was like a very, like, I wrote it on the piano as a ballad and then I hit this beat and I really, really liked the beat and started creating, you know, the song from that. And I really liked that upbeat momentum because it was like, give people something positive right now, you know, whether or not it's received well by some or not, like for, it's actually for whatever reason, you know, most of my songs, because I am up and coming, like, you know, they get like two, three, 4,000 hits on Spotify or on Apple music, or whatever the choice in like six weeks got like, I think it's like 65,000 hits. Oh, wow. You know? It was like, yeah. So it struck a chord with people. I didn't submit to any playlists. Like I just put it out there and it was mm-hmm. like, for some reason, maybe that's what people needed to hear. You know, I don't know. So, and I think our audience needs to hear it. So we're going to listen to The Choice from Sarah Christine, and uh, we'll come right back and talk some more. This is Caller Radio. I saw the light, 
The sky was dark and I felt blinded I sacrificed all I had No time for crying Dreams don't chase themselves, they die if You don't go all in for them So it's time Welcome back to Color Radio. I am here with our February Artist of the Month, Sarah Christine. That was The Choice, an anthem for positivity and for taking risks at a time 
when everybody's afraid to. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, that's one thing I've noticed, like with, with your like career path and the choices that you've made is like where a lot of people zig, you tend to zag. Um, and that's really refreshing <laughs> because a lot of people just play it safe. Um, you. did you always want to be a musician? Like, was, was that always in your blood? Yeah. I mean, well, it always was like, I always played, you know, the piano and so I never knew I, I, I shouldn't say like I can sing cause I still think I'm working on that. Um, but <laughs> I didn't really find my voice until I was in college. Um, but I will, there was this one time, um, when I knew there was two times, actually two times when I knew it was what I wanted to do. One was like, I had just been like really, really dabbling with like my own kind of like independent vibe without sharing it, by the way, super private at home. And I went to a concert with a friend at the fine line cafe in Minneapolis. And I saw, um, Katie Tunstall play and Sarah Brellis play. And there was, you know, like, you know, those moments where like you see these huge artists in like small, small spaces, there was like 20 people in this theater. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was, you know, close to the stage and I was watching them play. And I just remember thinking like, I could do that. You know, like I want to do that. Like I can do that. Like it wasn't like this huge, like amped out theater. It was just like, I want to get up on a stage and play. And what was cool about that night was, um, after Sarah was done playing, um, I was standing at the the bar with, um, friends that I was, you know, playing, um, college basketball with and stuff. And she came up and she was like, Hey guys, like, uh, what are you drinking? And I think we were just having like a glass of wine or something. And she was like, can I have a drink with you guys? And she just sat at the bar with us. Like, the girl who wrote The Waitress on Broadway. Are you kidding me? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> and I I had my ticket like sticking out of my, like I was wearing like a flannel and it was like sticking out of my coat pocket thing. And she was like, I can sign that for you. And she just signs it, hangs out with us. And then as soon as her like manager came out for her to like move all of her gear off of the stage is like when she had to like leave. I still have that ticket. I have one from Adele too, before she was, I have both of those, like, those are two big ones for me. And then there was one um, moment where when I was in college um, and I first started like dabbling with the guitar, um, my best friend from fourth grade came up and visited me and under my, uh, under my dorm bed, she saw a guitar head sticking out and she was like, oh my God, Sarah, do you play guitar? And, you know, I was like, I'm just learning, you know, and she's like, get that, get that shit out and play for me, you know, whatever. And so (laughs) makes me get it out. And she's like, please, please don't tell me you can sing too. Like, she's like, are you kidding me? And um, I'm like, I don't think I can sing, but she's like, play something, you know? So I play She's like, how cool are you? It's, it's fine. I'll wait. No, she goes, (laughs) I mean, cause I'm a huge nerd. So she's just like, you know, so she's like, oh my God. Like, okay. So we had that moment. Well, my five best girlfriends since fourth grade, we go on like a girl's trip almost every year. Not with this whole COVID thing, but you know. Right. We all went to Breckenridge, Colorado, which made me fall in love with Colorado. And um, we hiked all day. We went to this wine bar at night and there was this guy playing a four hour set. And as you know, Chris, like a four hour set is like forever long. Like, yeah, good guy, right? Like you need a lot of water. 
So well, we in had, most concerts um, these days, you're lucky if you get more than an hour, you know? Yeah. And honestly, you kind of don't really want more than an hour. You're like, I'm good. In a lot of cases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so he had these like interims where he would like stop playing and, you know, anyways, Mel, my best friend goes up to the bar manager. Here I am with my other girlfriends at the table. And she's like, you see that girl over there? And, you know, he's like, yeah. And she's like, she can sing. Like, do you want somebody to cover the interim? So the guy's like, well, let's go talk to the musician. And most musicians would be like, nah, I'm good. You know, like, right. Um, yeah. N- he was awesome. Well, not for me at that moment, because I had the worst stage fright in like ever, like ever. Oh, no. Playing for my mom. Yeah. And <laughs> sure. next thing I know, I have a, a the manager from the bar calling my name up over like the loudspeaker and the, you know, the musician at the time, I wish I would have gotten his name. Like it was just such a weird, like exchange of everything of how fast it all moved in my mind, but mm-hmm. hands me his guitar. The bar, I remember it was just loud. Like it was loud. And like, I took the guitar and I remember being like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Like blacking <laughs> out, like bad stage, right? Like the worst. What am I going to play? What am I? And I played the one song I had ever written, just one song. And the whole place went quiet. I'll never forget it. Like you could hear a pin drop. And it was this defining moment, like, of like, this is it. Like, I need to do this, you know? So then what happened from there? And then I'll be done with this long ass story. But, um, (laughs) but, uh, I kept going and then it was time for him to come back on. And he was so awesome. Like, so I, I give him his guitar back and he gives me this like hug and he's hands me the guitar back and he goes, why don't you close out the night? And I ended no up playing way. for like an hour. Yeah. And wow, it was so cool. They don't, the place is shut down in Breckenridge now. It's some like gift shop or whatever now, but, um, but it, it literally made, like gave me the confidence to like play in front of people. And that's where it all started. So. That is such a cool story. And yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of musicians, you know, it'd be like, Hey, can I play on your stage? They'd be like, well, you know, screw you kid, like get out of here. But (laughs) you know, like that kind of selfless act to say, Hey, you know what, get up there and show me what you can do. And then afterwards, like, Hey, why don't you just, why don't you take the floor? It's yours. That's really, really cool. Yeah. So, so you're in Aspen now. So you, you moved yeah. from Denver to Aspen recently. And before that you, you were born and raised in Minneapolis. Is that right? Yeah. Well, in Stillwater, Minnesota, like lived, grew up there. And then Minneapolis is where I call home. Um, but yeah, I lived there for a long time. I've been in Colorado for like four or five years now, but, um, Minneapolis is where my roots are at for sure. So Right on. And and it, it all started by a, a girl's trip to Breckenridge and falling in love with the mountains. And now you live in Aspen, which is, that's got to be kind of mind blowing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And like, you know, we've talked a bunch, but like being in like this setting of like just gorgeous nature, just like where you're at in Fort Collins, like there's just like so much inspiration and like you meet mm-hmm. the coolest people and like, so many songs come from like just random conversations or people that you meet. And like, there's, I mean, they call Aspen Neverland for a reason. Like you, you meet like people from 
everywhere, like, and from all walks of life. And like, it really is helping me to create a lot of new music that um, I hope you'll enjoy throughout the year. But um, it's a cool spot. Aspen's where it's at. Well, it's got to be right. Because you released a single in 2019 called Aspen. Tell us about that track, because it's it's one of my favorites. Well, that, that track was before I moved to Aspen. That was me um, swiping right on uh, a girl named Heather Hendricks, <laughs> who is the, the editor of Jackson Hole Snowboarder Mag. And uh, she's awesome. I fell hard. And um, she's a you know huge snowboarder. So she lived up in Aspen. I was in Denver. We actually, when we met, we were just across... We had no idea but we were like, like shared locations and we were literally across the street from one another. So I think it might have been fate sort of. Um, but I started road tripping up to Aspen a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is when you're crushing on somebody hard. You're like, you can't get enough, you know? Yep. And so, like, I'm not kidding you. I used to leave like on Sundays. I used to leave at 3.30 in the morning and drive down to Denver to be back at work by 7.30. Oh, man. That's how whipped I was. I still am. She's in the background, so I should say still am. Right, Heather? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, you have you to know, be Aspen's crushing hard that. because Denver to Aspen is not a short trip. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a three, four-hour drive. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess you could say I was whipped and I wrote a good, I wrote a, a, a love song about Aspen, sort of. <laughs> but it's been cool. It, it got... um from the the Trumpeters Road, which is an awesome music publication. Um, it got uh, uh, number 10 out of the top 25 songs in 2025 from a writer I really respect who values independent music just as much as, you know, you would value somebody who has won 20 Grammys. And mm-hmm. so that was a really, really cool thing to be like on that same list of like Ray Lamonting or, you know, who else, you know. So that was really, really cool. So, so awesome. So let's give it a listen. This is Aspen by Sarah Christine. You're listening to Color Radio.
You're listening to a podcast on the Loudspeaker Network. To find other podcasts and unique programming, visit www.loudspeaker.fm. Loudspeaker, diverse voices, unique sound. Welcome back to Caller Radio. I am here with our featured artist for February of 2021, Miss Sarah Christine. And you just heard Aspen, which is a fantastic song. It's actually the first song I heard of yours um, when we were, you know, researching people to uh, join our Stream event last year. I heard Aspen and I was like, we have to get her because this is going to be fun. <laughs> cool. You mentioned that, you know, one of the reasons you or the reason you were kind of commuting between Denver and Aspen before you lived there um, was, you, you know, you were crushing on Heather. What does it mean to uh, be an LGBTQIA artist right now in a time when American culture is so divided politically and socially? And, and how does that yeah. reflect in your music? I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I think, I don't know. I think like for the most part, people in general, you know, whether they're like super straight or not, it's all a spectrum, you know, and I think just, you know, the, I think the point is, is just being proud of who you are, um, standing up for who you are. I mean, for me, it wasn't easy at all. Like I, it may come across like that, maybe like on my like social media or stuff like that. That's just where I'm at right now. Like there were times where, you know, I didn't hear from really important people in my life for years and, you know, like had to really work on those relationships and things like that. And, um, and I think the, like, you know, being an LGBTQ artist, I think, how do I put this? I think we've come a long way. Um, I think the world's come a long way. Um, but I think in music and I think in, you know, corporate America, I think in politics, um, I mean, I think what you saw with everything with Black Lives Matter, I think the most important thing is that equality is is and should be the number one focus for not only the United States, but the world. And so, like, I struggled with it for a long time. Like, do I put myself out there as like somebody who, you know, likes women, has liked men, have like can like men, like we're all fluid, right? Like, mm -hmm. and do you put yourself out there as somebody that can be judged for that? You know, what, you know, and you start to think about like the opportunity cost, but then you start to think about like, it's, it's just so important to do so because there's so many like kids and people that are looking up to you and people that are, 70 years old and still haven't come out yet or whatever that like you are a platform for that and also like as i hope like listeners get to know me better like faith is really important to me too like my mom's a youth pastor my parents run an orphanage in honduras like oh, wow. i am yeah like and so i also feel like i'm always open to like that conversation too about like how does that crossover right like the people think that that can't or whatever and like mm -hmm. so music's been a really cool platform for me to be able to just be myself um find my true self authentic self and hopefully like be somebody that like i don't know like can shed a little light into it for people that don't understand you know many female singer songwriters have 
a diminutive appearance, right? They're like small people. You don't. <laughs> you have this imposing physical presence. I mean, you are six foot two. Um, when you're performing, you often have a line of makeup under your eye, similar to what you see uh, football players wearing. And and yet your singing voice, it's light and it's airy and it's breathy. Yeah. It's It's a powerful sound, but it's not what someone... It's not what I expected to hear when I first heard you sing. That makes you really tough to classify. Is that a good thing? <laughs> I, I mean, you tell me. My, my question is, do you kind of enjoy playing with and sort of subverting what people expect of you? Yeah, I mean, I do. You know, a fun fact is uh, I'm a natural blonde. <laughs> so um, my my dark hair was a fun move. Um <laughs> no, I think, you know, there's, um, there's like, in terms of like branding, I guess, like, m like kind of what I'm going for is kind of like, and it's a weird thing. It's like approachable badass, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, like, like doing like, like, like I really do take life every day as like, it might be my last day. And so like, I try to do like cool stuff and like try to put myself out there or whatever. And with music too, like, but also then like with, with like live performances and things like that, like, I think sometimes I would encourage people, like, if you don't know me and you haven't come to a show, please do. Because like, it is a very like even if it's a thousand, two thousand people, it's a very intimate experience and like um very I, I hope you would find approachable and very vulnerable. Um I've actually been coached a little bit in the past to like not share so much about like what my songs are about during the show because it makes me come across as quote unquote too soft. And I disagree with that. Like, yeah, I disagree with that because I think it really pulls people into the the music and also creates a relationship. And I mm -hmm. really, really value that. Like I seriously, like even in big shows, like I will look through the ticket list. Like I know who comes, you know? And like, so I guess like answering your question, like badass, vulnerable, that's kind of what I'm going for. Like approachable, like this kind of like when you walk in a room, people notice, you know, type mm -hmm. of thing. But also when you walk in a room and sit down and have a glass of wine with them, they want you to stay all night. Yeah. You know? They're they're not like scared of you. Like, oh shit, this yeah, person's, like, shit, this this person's too yeah, intense. Cool. Like, let's order a pizza. <laughs> well, like when, when you and I met for the first time, like you didn't, we had emailed a bunch, but like you, there was, you know, you didn't know me from Adam and you like ran up, gave me a hug. You're like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. What's going on? Cause at first I was like, I'm kind of scared of this chick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Cause you, you yeah. never know what to expect. And and then you get out of the, you get out of your, like your tour van and you're like nine feet tall. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, my joke, it's all the same laying down. <laughs> right. It absolutely. It is. Um, we're all the same height in certain ways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I get the approachable badass thing because it's like, holy shit, this person is rad, but I'm not afraid to go up to him and say, hi, you know, how are you yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Like one thing uh, I think people are surprised at is like a lot of times after shows, like, you know, you mentioned the van, like we open it, like we open it up and it's like, hey, come hang out. And people mm -hmm. are just like 
wait, what? Like, and it is like the, one of the, my most like, 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 enjoy, like I enjoy that so much, like, because it just, it, it's almost like inviting people into your home and it makes you like, not this like person that's on stage all of a sudden it's like, we're friends. And like, that's really what I'm trying to do is like build this community of like, seriously, like truly friendships that like hopefully multiply. And then hopefully we all fast forward and in five years, you know, we've got basically like a, what would you call it? Like a class reunion at Red Rocks or something. (laughs) Hell yeah. Well, and I think too, that goes back to kind of choosing to share that vulnerability and making it not a, not coming from a place of weakness, but coming from a place of owning it, saying like, I am sharing myself with you and I am putting myself out there. And, you know, I kind of expect the same in kind. And, you know, if, if that's a vibe that you dig, then we're going to get along really well. Um, it's, it's a, it's a really refreshing thing because there aren't a whole lot of musicians who are known for their modesty. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, and, and that's, it's an incredibly refreshing thing to deal with. Um, Thank you. as someone who's, who's worked with a lot of talent in the past and some people are very much like, you know, I asked for no green M&Ms or whatever that, whatever that thing is. So, um, it's very, very cool to deal with. Um, when you performed for our Halloween show last year, you played a song that I I hadn't actually heard before that it was like the movies. Um, and that song comes from your 2018 album, breaking silence. You played this during the live set, and I have to admit, I don't think I told you this, but I was tearing up listening to that song, and I was also running a camera and running sound, (laughs) so I was trying so hard not to let on that it was getting to me, but it struck such an emotional core for me um, because it brought me back to to a relationship from my past that could very much be described by that song to the point where I kind of felt like it was about the relationship, yeah. even though we didn't know each other well, you didn't, you knew yeah. nothing about that, but it kind of, you know, kind of seeped Pit. into, in, into me that way. And how did that song come about? Because it's, it's such an emotional song and it's such, it's it comes from such a place of vulnerability. Tell me a yeah. little bit more about how that came about. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm sorry you went through that too. Like breakups suck. Like it just sucks. Um, but, you know, it's like, what do you, you know, what do you do with it? What do you pull out of what you learn from stuff like that? And for me, it was a song, you know? Um, but, um, yeah, the, 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 um, the reason for the song and, and how it was written and everything, it's, uh, I was married before for a very short time. Um, and I fell in love very, very fast. Like, I mean, it was like one of those things where like, you know, your parents go like, are you sure? Like, it's like really fast, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, we, we, there was just like this infinity that we had for each other. Um, and I, and I don't want to talk poorly because honestly, like the, the good parts of that were some of the best memories of my life, you know, my wedding, everything. Um, unfortunately it didn't end well. Um, and things, you know, like, uh, I guess I could bring up like, a, I, I was going to therapy through some of this and my therapist goes, all right, Sarah, you've got eight out of 10 buckets that are empty. And she goes, you know, for every one bucket, it takes about a year for that to recover. And, 
And that's if it works. So do you have eight years to try to hope that this works out? And, you know, and that put a lot of things into perspective for me. Um, And through that process of like separation and figuring that out, um, I, I lost everything. I, I lost, um, unfortunately I, I, you know, through the divorce and everything. And even prior to that, um, I lost all of my money. Um, the person I was with, I, you know, it was just a tough go. Um, took a lot of what I had up to, uh, up to Canada and, um, you know, I had to figure it out pretty quick. It's a really hard thing when, you know, you've always been in a, like a stable corporate job where you've got your life figured out and you, you know, got the relationship. And then all of a sudden you look one day and not only do you have nothing in your bank account, you don't have a bank account and your mortgage is due in like three days. Like mm-hmm. you literally are like, okay, how do I do this? Anyways, it all ended up being okay. <laughs> so if you're going through that, I feel for you. It will get better. Anyway, I, I same same best friend, Mel. I call her up and I told her, you know, kind of where things were at. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't know what to do. Like for the first time in my life, I felt completely alone and totally lost. And um, she goes, Sarah, the only thing I can tell you is this is like the movies like the stuff that I had told her that it had been happening. Yeah. And in that one sentence, this song was born in my head. And it was like, you know, whether or not people are going through like that tough of a breakup, like I was working through, or maybe they were like, they're super in love. And it's like this amazing experience. Like when you think about like a movie, a romantic movie, it's like it either starts with love and ends with heartache. It starts with like, the best friend or something or like the enemy that turns into love or it's like love that turns even greater or whatever, but it's all like the movies, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, so that's where that came from. And then I also just, you know, I think for me, like with my, the way I grew up, like divorce was like, it was like the worst word in the world. It was like worse than saying like the F word 40 times, you know? Yeah. And, um, so I felt a lot of guilt around that. But then the lyric is, you know, one of the lyrics is sometimes you have to bail and putting your yourself first and your values first and like what you know is right first shouldn't always be what's wrong because of what, you know, you decided to do at one point. And so that's where that part came from. And so kind of like the choice, it, it's meant to be kind of like this, like somber-ish song about relationships but it's also meant to be like empowering around like if you're going through a tough time and you need to bail like sometimes you have to bail you know and so that's where that came from it's actually my favorite song that i think i've ever written um so i'm glad you like it mine too (laughs) it's absolutely (laughs) my favorite but it's also yeah. it, it, it because of that kind of like deep emotional resonance, it can also be difficult to listen to for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, let's t- let's listen to it now. This is Like the Movies by Sarah Christine.
Yeah.
Welcome back to Caller Radio. We are here with Sarah Christine, our featured artist of the month for February. Um, you write custom love songs for weddings. Tell me more about kind of where that came from and, and how you came to be doing that. Yeah, um, it, I love doing them. They're like, they're so fun. So if you if you want like the best Valentine's Day gift or like a surprise for somebody or want to write something together, like hit me up. Um, it's so much fun. Um, and we become like super homies. So just a heads up. But um, it started with two friends of mine um, where they didn't have music for their wedding. And uh, they they were like, hey, can you, you know, can you write a song about us? And um, and so I called each one of them separately and you know, kind of got their love story from each other and, and wrote, wrote their song and played at their wedding. And, um, and it was this crazy moment where, um, when I was done playing the entire, like every, it was a big wedding, like a couple hundred people. And there was like a standing ovation. It was so like crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, it was just fun. Like, you know, it was their story. You know, they were both in tears, just absolutely bald. I felt so bad for my friend because her makeup was amazing and she definitely was like, you know, oh, like no. the sobbing cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and since then, it kind of became like word of mouth. And what I ended up like turning it into was like, um, and there's a number of ways that we can do it, but like a bunch of different questions that are tailored specifically to each couple based off of what I learned. And we work through all of those questions and I only write the song off of the, their words. Like I literally don't use words of mine. Like I take it off of all of the things that they give me and then I build them a song. And then, you know, we copyright it. We mix and master it. It's radio ready. Um, it's, it's a professional song and they get it forever. And the whole point is that like people's love stories should live on forever and life's too short. And I think a song does live on forever. You know, you're still listening mm -hmm. to, you know, everybody from, you know, what, 60, 70, 80, however many years ago. And yeah, um, once, once you put it out into the world, it's there forever. It's, it's there, yeah. you know, like one of the things I love about doing, you know, radio and the podcasting stuff is this stuff will be around long after I'm gone, Ever, forever. you yeah. know, and, and that's, there's something that's just really, really cool and freeing and meaningful about that. Um, so that's really, really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, I've been doing those on the, on the side and it's been, I, I take on like five clients a month, um, for that. And, um, it's, it's awesome. I have a blast doing it. So that is a lot of songwriting. That's, I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> that's very impressive. There's a, there's a lot of couples in the world. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But like what better <laughs> gift for, for a couple than, than a song that, you know, will, will last forever. That's really, really cool. Yeah. It's like, the, it's like they say, like, uh, if you date a songwriter, you'll always last forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be memorialized in either a wonderful way or a horrible way, but you'll be memorialized nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. And that's what matters. You know, it's like, you know, the Carly Simon song and, you know, that'll be yeah. around forever. Yeah. Um, so your new track, Vices, is coming out tomorrow. We're going to hear it in just a minute. Um, you've written that Vices is an honest portrayal of the ways many are coping during these difficult times. Um, tell us more about kind of where that came from. Well, I think um, pandemic fatigue, I know I certainly have felt it, um, has hit everyone, you know. Definitely. And, um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, I had had this conversation with, uh, two really, really good guy friends of mine. Um, kind of like, oh, to be honest, it was almost like a year ago. This is where this like whole concept came from, which was like, we were all kind of working through different things. 
um, this was before I had like quit my, my job and, um, with music and everything, like I was getting, I mean, I was lucky to get like three hours of sleep, maybe four a night. And so I was running on like total exhaustion. Um, so some of the lyrics is like, my mind's always running and I don't know how to wind down. Um, some of that is about like really what I was, I mean, I was literally like not myself, like, you know, Mm -hmm. and then my other friend, he was, um, he's kind of like the life of the party and he, he was having a really hard time just like saying no. And so he was going out all the time and he was like, dude, I am like, I'm drinking too much. And that, that was the hook (laughs) in my head right away. Like, you know, um, they say I'm drinking too much, you know, that like that was from Mm -hmm. And those are the first words you hear in the song. And then my friend, my other friend, he's really good looking. And uh, was he, long story short, he was just sleeping around a lot. And so um, so those three things, like I started writing this song like almost a year ago. And then the pandemic hit. And, you know, you started looking at like, how are people coping, including myself? Like, like sure. I look at myself and it's like, it's, this isn't just about like the conversation. Like this is about like, if I look at myself included, most people I know, like um, we're probably having too much wine. We're probably hooking up too much. We're probably, or if you're not, you're probably like hoping you were, or like, or, right. um, you know, you're probably, you have a lot of anxiety or stress and you're not sleeping or like, why do you think mental illness is like at an all time high? You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, and I really felt called um, for this series that will be coming out all through 2021 called The Year, that Vices should be the first song because people are coming out of a lot of unrest um, and a lot of like personal shit that they don't want to talk about. And I think that that's a big problem because it's like we cannot be better if we don't put how we're actually all dealing with this shit at the forefront. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like yeah. putting it out there and like get rid of your ego. Like just be like, yeah, dude, like I'm partying too much or like I'm getting around too much or like I need to slow down. Like, and that's what Vices was about. And then, so we put all that together and then, um, and then I'll be done telling you about this, but uh, I played um, at the Broadway Roxy um, in Denver for a show um, with, uh, my friend Pedro and with my friend Taylor Tuke. And I, it was my first time meeting Taylor and he opened. And, uh, when I heard his voice, like immediately I was just like, oh my God, like this is who I have been like looking for. And then, um, during sound check, we were sound checking and, uh, the sound guy goes, you know, he's testing my vocals and he's like, all right. He's like, what, you know, uh, what do you want to sound like? And I was like, give me the Ellie Golding reverb. And <laughs> Taylor starts <laughs> laughing. And he's like, Taylor's like, I think I'm in love, you know, or whatever. And so Taylor and I never meeting before met that night and bringing up the van again, we we chatted in the van after the the show. And I was like, dude, I have this song called Vices. It was supposed to be a solo performance, but I think we should do it as a duet. Do you are you in? And right away he was like, I'm down. And we got in the studio together a couple weeks later and it, I learned so much from that guy. He's so awesome. And, um, Vices was born. So we're stoked for it to come out tomorrow. 
two, 12, 21, we feel like is a lucky number. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Absolutely. That's a, that's a hell of a palindrome. Yeah. Um, so b- before we get to the song, uh, where can people find you? How can people connect with you? Plug all of your things. Yeah. I mean, on socials, guys, like hit me up anytime. It's at Sarah Christine MPLS Minneapolis music. So Sarah Christine MPLS music. Um, my website is just Sarah Christine MPLS.com. Um, and then I'm on all, uh, you know, all things streaming. There's a few other Sarah Christine's out there. So just like, you know, search like Sarah Christine, the choice or vices or whatever, you'll find me. Um, but for real, hit me up. Like I'm looking forward to getting, to, you know, getting to know you and DMing you back and let's be homies. Yo. So that's it. And, and we'll have <laughs> links to those in the show notes for this episode as well. Uh, so you can connect awesome. with Sarah and learn more about her and, and stream her music. But without further ado, um, this is Vices. Sarah, thank you so, so much um, for taking the time to, to chat with us. And uh, everybody, uh, listen to Vices. Stream it starting tomorrow. Um, you're, of course, getting a sneak peek here. Um, and then uh, listen to Sarah Christine all month long on our loudspeaker radio stream at loudspeaker.fm. Thanks again so much, Sarah. It was wonderful to chat with you and catch up. And uh, can't wait to see what you do in this year. Thanks, Chris. And be looking at the studio address. I swear it has a it has a surprise coming to you this evening. So um, when awesome. somebody knocks, open. <laughs> <laughs> Can do. All right. All right. This is Vices. You've been listening to Call Radio. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. They say I'm drinking too much. They say I'm sleeping too little. And I don't know what's down from up They say I need to slow down My mind's always running And I don't know how to wind down I'm drinking too much I think I like sleeping around Try to fill this void I don't know too much about I think I could fall to the ground And let you have all of me So for a minute You take my frown Take my friend
say I'm drinking too much You say I'm drinking too much I think I'm drinking too This has been a production of Loudspeaker Networks. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.fm.